0: Britain's biggest generator of zero carbon electricity and an energy supplier to more than 3.5 million British homes and businesses, EDF UK recently announced a 50 billion pound low carbon program to help Britain achieve net zero. Referring to current extreme market conditions, price surges and an increased importance of risk management for energy trading, how do you achieve maximum agility? To shed light on this topic, my colleague Patrick speaks with Mark Teuton from EDF-UK, the largest B2B energy retailer in the United Kingdom. He talks about their work and how agile energy trading plays a key role in supporting energy transition goals. My name is Pamela Larg, and you're listening to the Energy Transitions Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Web Services, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform offering over 200 fully featured services from data centers globally.
1: Welcome to this new Energy Markets Talk for the Energy Transitions podcast. In our last talk, we discussed the surging energy prices. In this current market, the risks associated with trading energy commodities has increased and the need for traders and analysts to respond to the market quickly is more important than ever. But how do you accomplish maximum agility? We're talking today to Mark Chuton, who is a senior manager of business solutions at EDF Energy to answer that question. And I, when I think of EDF, I immediately think of France, but Mark is working for EDF UK. Welcome, Mark.
2: Thank you, Patrick. Great to, uh, great you... to be here.
1: Yeah, great to have you with us. Well, your last name looks a little bit French. I wanted to say Tuton, but um, is there still a French connection there?
2: Um, Unfortunately not. I wish I could say yes, given my parent company that I work for. But no, it's actually got a different European heritage in in Germany. So uh, it's Tuton rather than Tuton. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. So um, you're 100% British then, a little bit of German. Mark, I was looking at your uh, LinkedIn profile just before this podcast. And you're with EDF UK for quite a long time already. 22 years, I saw. Must be a great company to work for them.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, many, many years in, in the UK utility sector, as you say, 22. It doesn't feel that long. So that must prove that uh, working for EDF UK you know, it is a great company, lots of opportunity. And a very complex and competitive marketplace as well. So it keeps us on our toes and yeah. I didn't anticipate being there for that long, but here I am and still enjoying it and still being stretched and challenged, particularly with the backdrop of the market at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And well, 22 years is a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing at EDF? And since we're talking about the energy markets also, about the role EDF UK plays in wholesale energy markets.
2: Sure. As you say, I've been with EDF UK for most of my work in life actually started as a analyst programmer in the technical teams that uh, support our supply business. And I stayed in that supply business throughout my tenure with EDF UK and have been through program delivery management, operational IT service management. And today I work in what we call our transformation organisation and that provides IT and change delivery for our supply business, which includes our trading activity and that trading activities forms one leg of our overall what we call our customers business but that is the supply part of the EDF UK operation we also um, have generation activity as you might be aware and our corporate activities as well but within the wholesale market function we provide a range of services to both our internal supply business so those Part of our business, providing supply of electricity and gas to domestic customers, small business customers, and then really large industrial customers. But we also provide market access services to some of those big, big business customers we have. So a bit of a dual role within the wholesale market function. And as not just the UK market, but as the energy transition is happening in front of us, moving from those big traditional highly powerful generation assets whether they be gas or nuclear or coal to Mm -hmm. batteries and more localized generation that's having a huge impact on the services that our wholesale market function needs to provide I was going to share some dimensions if that's helpful around what we do as a business in the wholesale world yep please so EDF UK provides electricity and gas to about 5.9 million homes and businesses across the UK. So we're one of the largest suppliers of power in the UK. We also have that generation portfolio, as I mentioned, which includes 36 wind farms, eight nuclear power stations. We're one of the largest battery storage unit operators within Europe. That's quite new to us and, and new to the market generally. And across those assets and across that customer base the wholesale market optimization or wmo as we call it provides market and trading services to that portfolio of activity so what does that really mean we trade on the wholesale market on behalf of our supply business making sure we're balancing demand against the position at which we buy that uh, demand from the grid And as I said earlier, we also provide direct customer services, so some of our more sophisticated business customers can trade on that market with support from our people in our customer trading desk. So quite a broad range of services. And as we look forward, I'll come on to that a bit later, we start Mm -hmm. to think about how those services evolve to, like I say, localised generation and treating um, batteries as an asset, not just as a, uh, a storage unit.
1: Yeah, yeah. You briefly mentioned the the nuclear assets. Mm-hmm. Boris Johnson uh, announced the aim for the UK to get twenty percent, twenty five percent of electricity from nuclear power. That means also promising opportunities for EDF UK, I think, because that's also what you guys are good at. Was there a euphoric uh, <laughs> euphoria in, in uh, at your colleagues
2: across the business? It was a very welcome confirmation of the um, the UK's direction. We're already heavily involved in one of the modern builds of the new nuclear plant at Hinkley Point C, um, that I'm sure mm. many of the audience will be aware of. We've got plans in the pipeline for two, three more of those builds in the due course, which was before the announcement. And we're excited that, you know, now with the obvious events going on around the world has perhaps put a further catalyst amongst the pace at which some of that might be enabled. And that's good for everybody, right? We get a greener portfolio of how we get our energy in the UK. And if we can be at the front of that and help Britain achieve a net zero position as much as we're able to, that's at the core of our mission and our strategy. So welcome news. We just need to help enable it now.
1: Okay. In the intro, I was uh, referring to current extreme market conditions and price surges and the increased importance of risk management for energy trading. How have the recent events uh, affected your operations?
2: I had hair before this all started so people that can't see me are now bold. I think it's fair to say that the price situation around the gas market in particular is unprecedented in the UK. The degree to which the prices have gone up and the pace that has happened has really put pressure on us as a business but also obviously on the pockets of our customers and ultimately we're doing everything we can to minimise the impact we pass through onto our customer base but at the end of the day the price point at which we're having to make trades for the demand we are supplying has fundamentally shifted. So that's one challenge that's there. Then you look at the securing of gas supply, in particular with the events in Ukraine recently, that's had a secondary significant impact on our market and every other market in Europe. But, you know, It's not just us and across the globe, in fact. Well, that means locally into our people, and into how we operate as a business is we've had to be particularly reactive. I think it's fair to say we all knew some changes were upon us, but we didn't quite anticipate the degree to which the market had shifted and how quickly it shifted. So some of those more comfortable models and decision-making frameworks we had were challenged and we had to adjust quickly. and, And that brought a level of agility being required, but also a level of Perhaps step outside of our comfort zone of traditional ways. We make decisions in the marketplace. We had to challenge that a little bit. And all of that meant that our technology and our data that fed into all of these decisions and how we were going to respond became very, very, very crucial. It was important already. But it took on a different focus in the last few months yeah. for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. So about your energy trading risk management, you say you wanted to be more agile. Uh, yes. And you made some big changes also. Now, I'm curious to hear how the strategy evolved over the past few years and how this all works to become more agile. So, first, let's start with the old situation. How did you manage the risk and what challenges did you encounter?
2: Sure. So, the operation is quite small in terms of number of people and moving parts, I suppose. And that's been the case for several years in, in EDF UK. But that operation is full of experts and full of really deep knowledge around how trading in the utilities market in the UK operates. Um, It's unfortunate to say back in maybe three, four years ago, our technology and data ecosystem that supported our people in these operations was less than modern and had a good level of functionality. But we had reached a crossroads where we had to make some choices around how do we best equip our people to respond to the day-to-day operations and trading activity they have to achieve, but also position ourselves ready for future market change that whilst we didn't know exactly what it was going to be or how we were going to position ourselves against that, we knew change was upon us and we needed to be quicker and more proactive in that change than reacting to, which is where we had come from. So we had a position where our technology landscape had some choices to be made, And we had a set of opportunities and you could say risks around how the market was going to evolve. And that led us to taking the decision to take quite a large level of focus and investment in our trading and risk management solution set. If I speak about where that was two years ago in the UK, because there are several nuances about how we have to interact with the utilities market both what we call the industry interaction with the various different agents in the market but also how we are regulated and how we interact with national grid and with the wholesale market there is definitely benefit to us in taking specialist software that knows that niche marketplace well and that's what we had we had a core Capability that was UK ready, functionally and compliance wise, and all those good things that you need to make sure you have a robust operation. And on the periphery of that, where we are able to differentiate our trading activity and be more nimble and more responsive to the marketplace, we had a set of custom built tooling that either IT departments ran or our local operational teams owned themselves. And that gave us agility in one way, but gave us different challenges around data and integration and how you make the whole work together. And we ended up in a place where there's quite a lot of IT tools in the estate relative to the number of people operating those tools. The ratio was like a four to one ratio of tools to people. And that's not a healthy place for any organization to sit. And so we embarked on a simplification of that trm landscape and that started two and a half three years ago
1: yeah yeah and since then what do the traders notice from the changes you have implemented
2: yeah so if i talk about the main significant activity that we undertook and that will demonstrate hopefully the outcomes our traders received from it so if i paint a picture where the ultimate outcome was to do a couple of things one was to simplify the estate our traders had to interact with and secondly was to reinstigate a level of knowledge and understanding of the functionality and what was doing uh, which function and why that will explain what I'm about to share the main thing we did was to really simplify the data model that supported our trading operations and we did this through a core product that we Already had, but we needed to modernise and upgrade called Align. That's a product that is a UK ready product that provides trading and risk management capability. We upgraded that and we moved that onto an architecture that was on the public cloud in AWS, so we could scale it and make it more performant than it was in its previous incarnation in our own data centre. And that took an amount of rework and a lot of testing, as you might imagine. So. The way we went about undertaking that was to not just do a technical change, but change the organisational setup we had within the trading part of our business and set up what we now call our TRM Centre of Excellence. And that was the second outcome of this modernisation, not just a technical set of upgrades and improvements, a organisational wrapper, if you like, that sits around our trading community to provide them with expert knowledge, both on technology but also on functional enrichment and delivering change into them on a regular basis. But fundamentally, that TRM upgrade was at the core of our simplification and what that meant to our traders. So firstly, we took a lot of noise away from them. So we ripped out functionality we no longer used. This has been you know, a an area that we have enriched over time for several decades in a sense and some of that was now obsolete so we paired back the functional footprint and reminded ourselves what we needed to achieve and what was at the core of our trading activity and really consolidated that the data model had got very complex and the way in which we treated our book structures and our hedging strategies into the market had become quite complex and we took an opportunity to really challenge that and simplify that as well which in turn meant the technology to support it became simpler and then the other piece we did was to fundamentally change the infrastructure so that we could provide transparency on what our it cost was to our training community and they can make informed decisions of how much or little they wanted of performance at any time during the day and also improve the overall performance of the end-to-end solution set. And that meant our traders could execute more trades more quickly and in a more simplified functional footprint. That's ultimately what we achieved. And it wasn't quite as straightforward as it might have sounded, as you can imagine. But I would say the biggest outcome our traders have seen thus far is they now have confidence in the tooling and the decisions they're taking and we are now embarking on the kind of next stage in maturity which is to now start to really enrich their experience as a trader and provide a much more digital platform from which they can interact with that core capability that we've upgraded
1: yeah yeah and if you would summarize this what this means for your data strategy how would you say the strategy has evolved over the last few years
2: yeah so i mentioned about EDF UK and the supply business as a whole, so within which WMO and our trading operation sits. Over the last five years, we have created and started to deliver against a a supply-wide data strategy. So across our business area, we've got a common data strategy and a common set of architectures to support that, and each part of that business is starting to deliver into that strategy. This Initiative around our trading and risk management area was part of the wholesale businesses' response to that data strategy. So, I mentioned about simplifying the data model, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that's one thing we did on a more physical, technological nature. But what we were able to do is adopt common data terms, common data glossaries, and data governance frameworks from that overall data strategy into wmo into our trading operations Mm -hmm. and therefore we haven't got this duplication of governance of data we haven't got different interpretations of our data assets instead we've got a more understood and agreed view of what data is mastered where in our estate Mm -hmm. who owns that data who's responsible for the quality of that data and now as we look forwards we're starting to get into practices around you know, data lineage. And if we come across issues and problems, where in the data lineage has that occurred and why? And then we learn from that. So we're still quite immature, if I'm honest, in our realising the benefit of our data strategy. But we're certainly in a place within WMO where we understand what our data is, where it sits, and who looks after it. There's still a lot more to do on keeping that embedded and not letting it Go back to where we were maybe five, six years ago where data becomes so distributed again that we lose that line of sight. So by no means finished, but it's nice to be able to demonstrate an actual positive delivery with real value around data rather than just have a strategy. We've actually started to deliver against that strategy with real value and outcomes.
1: Yeah. Looking at the bigger picture, how does agility and trading support the energy transition?
2: So I think none of us can predict what the energy transition is going to mean for any of us. We know some things will be true around energy mix. We know our consumers are going to be, rightly so, wanting different choices. And obviously, whilst price is important, the ability to influence energy consumption and the way in which they influence the energy agenda is becoming more and more prevalent. Fundamentally, we need to be able to pivot and respond, not just to our consumer needs, but as I said earlier, to a quite heavily regulated market within the UK. So agility is king. You mentioned it as your question. Why would you even mention it? It is because it's absolutely fundamental and our traders and what they undertake for our core business, but also our customers need to be able to really understand what's going on in the marketplace and then make the best decisions for our business, because at the end of the day, we need to make sure we're being responsible in how we trade on the market for our large consumers. But where we're offering those market services to end customers, we need to provide expertise, and we need to be able to provide a view of what might happen, not just of what is happening. And that's where the agility behind that data is going to be absolutely fundamental to them. And I think I mentioned earlier that some of our traditional ways of thinking, some of the traditional decision sets that we would normally take have been fundamentally challenged in the recent market changes we've seen. I think keeping that open-mindedness and that willingness to address different market challenges, different market opportunities, perhaps more differently to what we've done in the past is also quite key to us. So that's less technological, but some of the changes we've done have challenged the way we've thought about the market, thought about our IT, thought about our, our end customer outcomes. And I think we're going to have to just keep being, doing more of that rather than trying to second guess exactly what is going to happen. And what does agility really mean to, to all of us? Yes, there's a bit about working practices and making decisions locally, being more autonomous. All those things we have started to bed into our trading operations but it's also about investing outside of just the tech. It's about realising the real assets we have, excuse the pun, are our people and our experts and getting them feeling like they're being invested in and keeping them up to date with trading practices and with technological patterns and and opportunities. Is something else we're doing within that centre of excellence. It's not just about data. It's not just about working practices. It's about retaining and bringing in talented individuals to work within that operation so that's quite a challenge you know those people don't just appear on the streets it's a competitive market everywhere but particularly in the uk so our company's agility in offering good careers and opportunities within edf is also a big part of that
1: Well, it's clear how important this project was. What is the next thing you want to tackle? Where do you still see room for improvement?
2: I think I've mentioned a few areas of improvement. Again, I'll definitely go over Mm -hmm. those. Um, Just a bit of colour on where we're headed next within our wholesale market business, uh, which shows where we've got to improve and do more within the technology arena. You know, the market's only getting more complex. It's getting more and more competitive. We're going to need to be on the front foot More so than ever, it's fair to say you could take a choice of being reactive in the market, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. You know, you can still be successful. We've taken a choice to be at the front of helping Britain achieve net zero and doing everything we can to influence that as a company. You know, you'll see us investing in different asset types, and there's a huge focus on batteries and battery storage for us at the moment so right now we are taking our next steps of improvement around two big areas one the investment and the success we've had around the trm we are now unifying the experience our traders have across many different marketplaces what do i mean by that basically putting a pane of glass across all their different widgets and features and tools so they have a simple way of doing business that makes them happier that makes them more efficient that makes our customers much more happy because they're getting better service day on day. And then in the battery arena, we are at the forefront of helping things like demand side response, balancing mechanism, being opened up for battery assets. And that brings us a challenge of how we change our technology and our decision-making models to move away from those traditional heavy, big plant-like assets like your coal stations and your power plants to more localized battery storage collections of community generation capacity and bringing those into the marketplace and so we call that power shift that's just our name for it but we Mm -hmm. we're investing a lot of time effort and experience into bringing that blend I suppose of different ways of Generating energy, therefore, different needs are coming into our trading operation about how we then hedge and buy and sell on the marketplace against those assets. And that's quite exciting. But from a technologist perspective like myself, the amount of data and the amount of distributed interactions that brings across the UK physically is a big, Mm -hmm. big technical challenge, an exciting one, and one that we're going to have to make sure we leverage all those buzzwords around internet of things and cloud computing, those things are at the heart of how we're going to be able to meet our businesses' needs here. So that's what's to come. And then it's just improving on what we've started, retaining expertise, not being arrogant in our decision making and being able to respond to different market conditions and being prepared to get our assumptions challenged regularly. And as I said earlier, that maturity of our data governance our data ownership our data strategy is going to be fundamental particularly as you know we're talking billions and billions of data attributes starting to come into our state that we have to make informed and prompt decisions on that's exciting but no small feat to respond against
1: yeah yeah so sounds like there's plenty of challenges ahead for another 22 years
2: well I'll let EDF be the judge of whether I'm around for 22 years, but um, definitely an abundance of change ahead. Yeah. It is an exciting market for sure. It's a challenging global market right now yeah. for everybody. Let's hope sometime soon there's a level of stability that we can all uh, recognise. It won't be the same again, I'm sure, for any, any market. And if nothing else, some of these more recent challenges have brought decisions forward and really put that catalyst under everybody's yeah. um, chair to uh, move things forward at
1: a pace. Thank you so much, Mark. This concludes our energy market talk. You have been listening to Mark Chuton, Senior Manager of Business Solutions at EDF UK. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. And until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast brought to you by Enlet and Friends. Visit enlit.world for more episodes. See you next time.